0: I'm making up for lost time.
1: Hi, you're listening to Yesterday Today, the show that brings you the best of yesterday's radio today. I'm your, uh,
2: your expedition leader, Jake Westbrook, and my co-captain over here is McLean. That's right, we're out in the woods camping today, so sorry if you're having trouble hearing us over all of this fresh air. Uh, yeah, well with the arrival of summer, we figured, you know,
1: what better way to enjoy the season by taking part in the great outdoors ourselves and uh, going on
2: a little, little camping trip in our local state park. Yeah, and I, I encourage all of our listeners to follow our lead and take advantage of our great public lands. There's just something about being out here in nature, away from the hustle and bustle of the... So-called civilized life—it's just so peaceful out here, so calm, so tranquil.
3: Run for your lives! Everybody, we're all gonna die! We're gonna die! I spoke too soon,
1: Sydney. Why? Why are you running into camp, screaming like a banshee?
3: Did you not hear me? I said we're all gonna die! Scatter! Run! Hide! Climb a tree! Find a cave! Sydney, what are you talking about? <laughs> this, is, this is no time for ched champ fellas! Nature's deadliest apex predator is making a beeline for our camp! We gotta move, men! What, what is it? Did you see a bear? <laughs> no! No, no, no! Worse! Worse!
2: Worse than a bear? What, a moose?
3: No, no, no! Skeeters!
2: Mosquitoes?
3: <laughs> mosquitoes, fellas! A horde of mosquitoes! Alright, c- calm down, Sydney. M-
2: mosquitoes? Sydney, mosquitoes while camping is sort of a given. Kind of like campfire smoke following you around no matter where you sit.
3: Oh, you two don't understand! These are no ordinary one of the mill mosquitoes! These things are huge!
1: Uh huh.
3: Now, we're talking gigantic mosquitoes, bigger than you've ever seen. This is some type of mutant alpha mosquito variant. They're proboscis to go clear through you. They could suck all the blood right out of you. You'll be nothing but one big bug bite. You'll itch for years.
1: Alpha mosquitoes, Sydney. Okay, whatever.
3: <laughs> anyway,
1: back to the show.
3: No, I'm not kidding. These things are as big as hummingbirds. Look, look over there. There's one now. There's one now. Sydney, that is a
2: hummingbird. Uh,
3: uh, what? You're not much of an
1: outdoorsman, are you, Sid?
3: <laughs> well, how was I supposed to know what a hummingbird looks like?
1: Didn't you used to live in a tree and hunt Bigfoot? You should have some knowledge of you the wild.
3: <laughs> I was hunting Bigfoot, not hummingbirds.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I'm going to introduce the show.
2: Sydney, you can calm down and uh, help McLean get a fire going. Well, I'm not sure how much help I'll really need. I'm using the tried and true patented Westbrook method for starting a fire, a technique passed down from generation to generation.
3: Oh well, uh, what 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 is the Westbrook method? Uh, striking rocks together to create a spark, or uh, using friction from wood to create heat, or do you just uh, use a magnifying glass to concentrate the sun's rays onto a pile of dry tinder?
2: I uh, doused a bunch of wood and lighter fluid, and I'm gonna throw a match onto it.
1: Oh, you know, for somebody who doesn't know what a hummingbird looks like, you should know a lot of different fire-starting techniques.
3: Well, you have very specific knowledge.
1: Yeah, right. Well, to start this off, uh, here's some uh, nature-themed music. It seems seems appropriate, Sydney. Try not to try not to burn yourself while I'm while I'm looking away. Okay.
4: No longer care The breeze and I are whispering goodbye To dreams we used to share Ours was a love song that seemed constant as the moon Ending in a strange morn too. And all about me
5: Then know you have departed
4: without me and we wonder why the breeze and I
5: Know you
4: have departed without me and we
6: Walk. T'was on one Sunday morning It was against his religion But he took his gun along He shot himself some mighty fine quail And one little measly hare. But on his way returning home He met a great big grizzly bear Now the bear got down in the middle of the road On all fours like a great big toad And looked that preacher right square in the eye And the preacher looked at him and said bye-bye Started down the road and took out the run The bear right after that preacher did come Running the run for about a mile Then they both sat down and rested the while. The preacher got up, started again The bear, he started out with more and they ran and they ran till he spotted the tree Set up on the limb of a place for me bear got close made a grab for him preacher leaped up and he made the limb pulled himself up and turned about cast his eyes to the skies and he did shout oh lord you delivered daniel from the lion's den also delivered jonah from the belly of the whale and then the hebrew children from the fiery furnace so the good book do declare yes lord if you can't help me for goodness sake don't help that bear. Just about then The limb let go And the preacher Came tumbling down Reached in his pocket Pulled his razor out Just before he hit the ground He hit the ground With an awful bang It was a terrible sight The preacher and the bear With the razor in his hair Just a cut and left and right While well, they rolled around On the ground The preacher was up And then he was down The bear let out An awful moan It looked like the preacher Was holding his own Thought if I'd get out Of here alive That good book I will abide I'll never sin On Sabbath day and Sunday Come I'll pray and pray To the heavens He did glance at Lord just give me one more chance than his suspenders gave away and he knocked that bat ten feet away then the preacher got up and made a bound for a tree where he'd be safe and sound pulled himself up and turned about cast his eyes at the skies and he did shout oh lord you delivered daniel from the lion's den also delivered jonah from the belly of the whale and then the hebrew children from the fiery furnace so the good book do declare yes lord if you can't help me for goodness sakes don't help that bat
7: To Madison and on both sides of Park, they ask for Rheingold extra drive before and after
5: dark. From Coney to Connecticut on Flatbush Avenue,
6: from Jersey Scene's way up to Queens, they sing as millions do. My beer is Rheingold's dry beer. Friendly, freshening, and
7: happily dry beer. Dry means clean and it's clear. Dry means thirst, quenching beer. Join the millions who buy gold beer. Extra dry. <laughs>
8: suckle vines where a mellow moon is always shining shining on my cabin in the pines there's a sweetheart in the pines writing me a letter i can read between the lines i can see she longs for my returning to my little cabin in the pines whispering breeze Whisper to my love, tell her I'll come back someday. Say that I'm blue, broken-hearted too. Sorry that I went away. There's a cabin in the pines, meant to be a love nest down among the Carolines. Is it any wonder I'm so lonely, longing for my cabin in the pines?
0: Among the sobbing pine Footsteps echo by my side A spirit face, a sign Twilight skies are all the deep
5: lagoon
0: a face is breaking through the night my Indian made pale moon speak to thy love forsaken thy spirit Mantle throw Ere thou The great white dawn Awaken And to the sea Thou swingest low to the west I'll follow across the deep lagoon, swift as a flying arrow, to thy abode, pale moon.
9: Savage be Love is everywhere It's magic Perfume fills the air To and fro you sway My heart's in time I've learned to
5: care i to care
9: Point oh, Sienna Those skies may turn From blue to gray To me,
5: soon, my
7: love, I will sing. The best in jazz comes your way on RCA Victor Records. <laughs> From Lionel Hampton's new RCA Victor album of jazz classics Jazz in the old tradition This album belongs in everyone's collection Hear this great new Lionel Hampton album, Hot Mallets On long play or 45 records At your RCA Victor dealers now
1: Welcome back to Yesterday Today We're saluting the great outdoors on the show today While we take the time to enjoy the outdoors ourselves on On a little camping trip
3: Hey, you know, I think I'm really starting to get the hang of this rugged lifestyle. I'm becoming a regular mountain man. You don't say. You bet. Why, I just finished securing our food supply from bears by putting it at the top of that tall tree over there. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm covered in sap,
1: in case you were wondering. I wasn't, but uh, I think you're supposed to hang the food in, like, a sack of some kind, Sidney. Oh, well, I didn't have any rope. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm not sure you needed to go to all that trouble.
3: Well, of course I did. Now our food's completely safe and there's not a creature on earth that can get to it. (laughs) Hmm.
2: Say, I was going to get dinner started. Has anyone seen the hot dogs around? Oh, you can ask Sydney about that one.
3: Oh. Well, don't worry about it. I just have to climb all the way back up into the tree. I'll be back in the jiffy.
1: Hmm. Hope that owl isn't still up there. Oh, boy. You you could just leave the food in the cooler in the trunk of my car, Sydney. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Nonsense! Ask not how
2: in the pioneer Alright, don't hurt yourself. It's hard to be frustrated at him when he just looks so happy climbing trees. He does seem to get a strange enjoyment out of it. Anyway, next up on the show, we, uh... Hold on, Jake. It looks like a forest ranger is pulling up. You didn't violate any rules, did you? What, what rules would I have violated? I don't know. Wandering off a clearly marked path? Leaving a trace behind? I don't know, he's probably just checking on the campers.
10: Howdy, fellas! D- Linny? Fancy meeting you guys all the way out here! What are the odds of that?
2: Linny, you're a park ranger? I am?
10: Oh yeah, I, I am. Well, sort of.
1: Sort of? You, you, you didn't tie up an actual ranger
10: and steal his uniform in his jeep, did you? Of course not! I am an actual ranger. I bought this uniform from the costumes to a fair and square. Uh, The Jeep is a rental, but it's still technically mine until 5pm tomorrow afternoon. Lenny,
1: you're impersonating forest rangers now? That's... This might be a new low, but you've hit some pretty deep lows before, so I'm not entirely...
10: Didn't you hear me? I said I am an actual ranger. No one's impersonating anybody. You work for the Forest Service. Oh, I didn't say that. I may be a ranger. But that doesn't mean I have to be a government employee. I'm working freelance. A freelance forest ranger. Exactly. I'm a private contractor. I go out into the woods and dispense helpful wisdom to campers and hikers. In return, they tip me for my services. Oh, they tip you? Usually in cash, but sometimes in s'mores. Uh huh. So, your latest
1: scam is giving people bunk advice and then you strong arm them into paying for it?
10: Whoa, whoa, bunk advice? I'll have you know every piece of knowledge I share is well researched, completely accurate, and true in most cases. Really? My advice is just as straight and true as the brim on my campaign
2: hat. Why don't you give an example of this advice then? An example? Sure, dispense some helpful wisdom about the forest to us. Okay,
10: okay. Uh, avoid poisonous plants.
2: Oh, that's good. Could you identify some poisonous plants for us? Sure. Uh, that one. That plant over there. That plant is poisonous?
10: Hard to say for sure. Best to play it safe and just avoid it altogether.
1: Wow. Now that's good stuff right there. That's good stuff.
10: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know... Some people might pay upwards of $20 or more for that kind of advice.
1: No, Lenny, we're not going to tip you for that.
10: Huh. Okay, fine. I'll go find some other campers that will appreciate my knowledge more. Oh, you're more than welcome to do that. I guess you won't get to learn about the hummingbird-sized mosquitoes that are around here, then?
2: Oh, don't worry, Lenny. We know all about them already. Whatever you say. a disgrace to his uniform.
1: Well, considering his uniform clearly came from a Halloween costume store. I uh I don't know about that. Anyway, next up, the second half of our show, we have an episode of The Adventures of Maisie, in which Maisie uh gets her boyfriend a job as a uh, as a nature guide.
3: Maisie? Did someone say Maisie?
1: D- different Maisie. You can get back in the tree.
11: Hiya, babe. Say, how about... Ouch!
12: Does that answer your question, buddy?
7: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. (laughs) You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you will hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. But first, your announcer... (laughs) Oh,
12: as Maisie. Yep, I'm Maisie, like the man said. Maisie Revere of Brooklyn. Girls, are you engaged to a swell, hard-working, conscientious guy? Or are you engaged to a guy like my boyfriend, Eddie Jordan? He's never working. Even when he's got a job, he's not working. He's loafing. But he's a sweet guy, and I guess I love him. Right now, he's been waiting around our boarding house to hear about a job he's been supposed to get for a month. But nothing's happened except that Eddie's been wearing the fuzz off the cushions on the davenport and getting 14 hours sleep a day. I couldn't stand seeing him take it easy while I was wearing my high-heeled shoes down to moccasins looking for something to do in show business. But then one day on the way home on the bus, I heard someone mention something I thought Eddie could do.
13: So what'll happen when Stanley goes
12: into the army?
13: Who knows? Maybe the army will go bankrupt. That's Stanley. He's a character. He's bankrupted his father and his girl Shirley's father. Well, all I'm saying is that the army better look out. They just drafted the biggest monkey wrench that ever threw himself into the works. Oh, what about those kids? Oh, yeah. You mean that bunch of kids he was counselor for? Yeah. Well, gee, I guess I'll have to find another guy to lead him on hikes. It paid pretty well, too. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, Well, pardon
12: me for intruding ladies.
13: Well. But I
12: happen to know a party who would be just right for that consular job. I uh don't believe that we're acquainted. Oh, well, excuse me. Uh my name is Maisie Revere. Uh, Miss Revere,
13: I should like you to have the pleasure of making the acquaintanceship of Miss Agnes Muldoon. Oh, well, I'm glad to know you. Likewise. And I should like you to have the pleasure of meeting me, Miss Fritzy Garfinkel. Well, it's nice to meet
12: you. Who is this party of whom you were talking about? Well, he's a fellow who lives in the boarding house where I live. He loves kids, and he's a real outdoors guy. You know, wears tweeds, smokes a pipe, and takes a cold shower every morning. How can you tell? Oh, you can hear him screaming for blocks. (gasps) What's his name, Maisie? Daniel Boone Jordan. His great-grandfather was an old Indian fighter and carried a tomahawk in his head for 40 years.
13: Gee, didn't it hurt him?
12: Only when he played football. Oh, yes. Daniel Boone Jordan is a real woodsman and very resourceful. You could set him loose in a forest with nothing but a case of beer and a scout knife. And two weeks later, he'd drive out in a 1950 pickup truck he'd made out of a beer can. Oh, he sounds just wonderful. Uh, Miss Revere, I think you should become acquainted with the
13: person who runs the boys' club and tell him all about Mr. Jordan. Well, believe me, Miss
12: Garfinkel, he's absolutely fearless. He's been over Niagara Falls in a barrel, and he's thinking of walking across the Atlantic on stilts just that think if i was lost in the
13: woods with him i'd be perfectly safe Uh, no the boys
12: would be safe but you wouldn't come on in the pot and sit down eddie
14: come here baby your love boat has just sailed into the harbor
12: oh get away from me sailor i'll scuttle you eddie I've just got you a wonderful new job.
14: Oh, no, Maisie, not again.
12: Well, this is different, Eddie. I'm not asking you to be a cabin boy on a garbage barge. Good.
14: I don't want to test parachutes, either. Well,
12: oh, You're getting lazy and logy, Eddie. Look at you. <coughs>
14: <laughs> Maisie, for gosh sakes. Now,
12: what you need is a little fresh air and exercise.
14: I can see this is an outdoor job. What is it?
12: Well... How would you like to be the leader of the Brooklyn B-U-M-S? What's that? The Brooklyn Boys unmilitary Marching Society, better known as the Bums. A boys club, huh? And you'd be their biggest bum, too. (laughs) You just take the kids out for a hike and take them home. That's all? Well, they do a little cooking, and you have to help them strain the wildlife out of their food.
14: (laughs) That doesn't sound like too much.
12: Well, of course, you know how kids are. They'll want you to tell them about the Indians and stuff. You know a little bit about the Indians, don't you?
14: Sure. They've got a darn good team.
12: Now, listen, Tootsie, I'm talking about these Indians. Whoa, 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 whoa.
14: Oh, you mean Indians. Maisie, I don't know anything about them.
12: Oh, well, you can make stuff up.
14: But remember, if that job with the contractor comes through, I'll have to quit.
12: Oh, well, I'll take care of it, Eddie. Now, there's one other thing I ought to mention. I told him your name was Daniel Boone Jordan and that you could make a fire by rubbing two pieces of wet moss together.
14: That's just dandy. How am I going to do that?
12: Oh, it's easy. Don't let anybody catch you at it. But all you have to do is palm a match and wet the moss with kerosene. wandering boy come home tonight, Maisie? No, Mrs. Kennedy. He's still at the mercy of the Brooklyn (laughs) B-U-M-S. They're probably hiking around in circles on the outskirts of Great Neck. Oh, my boarding house just doesn't seem the same without Eddie lying on the floor of the sitting room snoring. Yeah, it's kind of a homey touch, but someday when he's asleep I'm gonna sew him to the carpet. Maybe that'll cure him. Does he know anything about hiking and woodcraft, Maisie? No, he does now. The only exercise he gets around here is flipping his cigarette ashes on the floor. That can't be Eddie. I hope he hasn't had an accident or something. I hope not, too. He
8: owes me three months' room rent.
12: Oh, hello. Is this the home of... Well, just at the moment, I'm the only one here who fits that
15: description. Is this also the home of Daniel Boone Jordan? Yes. The man who hiked over the Rockies in his bare feet in the dead of winter... The man who killed a mountain lion by tickling it to death with his toes? It's the very same. Where is he? Bring in the body, boys. Okay. The
12: body? Oh no. What happened to him?
5: Oh, oh. <coughs> What a lot of blubber. Yeah.
12: Oh. oh. Hello, Maisie. Hello, Daniel. Gee, even the tail of your raccoon cap is dragging. And I starched it last night, too. Oh.
14: Maisie, I'm done for. Put a lily
12: in my hand and point me in the direction of the Shady Rest Funeral Parlor. Oh, don't be ridiculous, Eddie. The world can't get rid of you that easily. You need some sleep. Shall I turn down the sitting room rug for him? No, thanks, Mrs. Kennedy. The boys will help him upstairs.
15: Okay, fellas. Take it and put it upstairs in the bed. Uh, okay. uh, take it easy, boys. I'm sorry we had to bring him home in this condition, Mr. Veer, but he folded up after he fell out of the tree for the third time.
12: Well, of course, that can be sort of tiresome. What was he doing up in the tree?
15: Trying to escape the angry bull. Was that how his hip pocket got torn open? No, I think his hip pocket was shot off by the farmer.
12: I see. Uh, You're uh, not going to let too much of this story leak out at a time, are
15: you? Okay. Why'd the farmer shoot at him? Because he let the herd of pigs loose when he got scared by the goose after he slid into the chicken yard from the haystack he jumped under to keep himself from falling from the roof of the barn. He didn't happen to get struck by lightning, too, did he? No. We were sure disappointed.
5: Hey, boy, he uh-huh. a
8: sleeper.
15: boy, he sure snores. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks very much, fellas. <laughs> when he comes to tomorrow, tell him we had a swell time. And the day after tomorrow, we want to do the same thing all over again. Well, I won't tell him that. Okay. Members of the Brooklyn Bums... Attention! Okay, men, let's give Mr. Vera a special salute. A one, a two, a three.
12: Here's some nice black coffee, Eddie.
14: Oh, thanks, darling. Oh!
12: Look at the poor boy's handshake. His fingers are just a faint blur. Come on, Eddie, pull yourself together. Oh, Oh, now, Eddie, it can't be that bad. All you did was take a few sweet little kids out for a walk.
14: Sweet little kids? Those diabolical little brats nearly killed me. That's the classiest group of juvenile delinquents outside a reform school.
12: Well, they seem like nice boys to me.
14: Little dillingers, that's what they are. Hey, feel these lumps on my head.
12: (laughs) Hmm. Eddie, you got more knobs than an Irishman's cane.
14: They all had slingshots, and I was out in front leading them. Just a moving target, that's all I was.
12: Well, tomorrow you can wear a sandhog's helmet. I'll loan you my grandfather's cavalry saber.
14: I'm not
16: going tomorrow.
12: Eddie, you've got to. Come in, it ain't locked.
16: Who, may I inquire, is Mr. Daniel Boone Jordan?
10: Well, don't look at me. I'm not Mr. Anybody, no matter how I
12: dress in the morning. And Mr. Jordan just left.
16: No, I'm Mr. Jordan. What's your problem? Can't be worse than mine. So, you are the imposter who took those innocent little boys out for a wild, irresponsible, foolhardy afternoon yesterday. The man who got my boys shot, trampled to death, gored by a mad bull, and pecked to pieces by an infuriated goose. Almost. Which one of the little monsters belonged to you? Eddie, please. My son is Virgil, the sweetest little angel that ever drew breath. The sooner he becomes one, the better. I paid my money so Virgil could learn the joys of outdoor life instead of the hazards and dangers. And if tomorrow's hike isn't a happy one, I'm going to sue you for your last dime. You might as well give him the
12: dime now, Eddie.
16: Yeah, here it is. Tomorrow's trip had better be inspiring and educational and without any hitches, or else, would why?
10: Oh, oh, Maisie, now look what you've done. He's probably
12: an influential man in the city government.
14: You can be sued to death, you know. Look, none of this would have happened if you hadn't been so helpful about getting me a job.
12: Oh, but, Eddie, if you don't ever have a job, how are you ever going to make enough for us to get married? Might as well call the whole thing off.
14: Oh, no, look, darling, don't talk that way.
12: Mrs. Kennedy's boarding house, her speaking.
10: Oh, one moment, please. It's for you, Eddie, a woman. Do you have to tell
14: everybody? Uh, hello? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. You bet I would. Thank you. I'll be there.
12: Who's that,
14: Eddie? Nobody you'd know, babe. (laughs) She
12: had a very fluffy voice. Don't forget your nickel for that call. Who are you calling, Eddie?
14: Uh, you'll find out. Hello? Uh, this is Eddie Jordan speaking. Uh, I've just taken a job with a construction company, and I won't be able to take the boys out tomorrow. <laughs> yes, it's just breaking my heart.
12: Eddie, you got the big job.
14: Uh, but I'd like to recommend a wonderful person who's hiked all over the country. I know the kids would be delighted because this is somebody who knows all the Indian lore and camp craft there is.
12: Now, who could that be? Oh, no. Eddie, don't.
14: The leader who'll take the kids out tomorrow is none other than the famous young lady known as Navajo Maisie Revere.
10: Eddie!
7: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern, will continue in just a moment.
14: Well, here are your boys, Maisie. All you do is take them out and bring yourself back alive. (laughs)
12: Okay, you'll see, Eddie Jordan. I'll handle them.
14: Sure you will. Hi, fellas.
12: Hello,
5: Mr.
14: Mr. Jordan. Great little kids. Have all you fellas got your slingshots?
15: Yes, Yes, Mr. Jordan. You've
14: got a beautiful target for today.
12: Eddie, don't encourage him.
14: Now, uh, where's Virgil?
15: Uh, Here I am, Mr. Jordan.
14: Maisie, this is little Virgil Johnson. At his age right now, he knows more than Einstein knows. He told me so.
12: Well, (laughs) hello, Virgil. I think we'll get along all right, don't you? Don't be too sure. Yeah, gonna be
15: difficult, huh? Yes, I believe I shall be. Oh. Unless, of course, you measure up to my standards of intelligence. I have a very high IQ. When I get
12: through with you, you may have to dig to find it. Now get back into line.
15: Okay.
12: Gee. The stuff he's got hanging from his belt. It looks like a Christmas tree. Well, what's next? Um, okay, kids. Before we get in the station wagon and take off for the Pookawantumus Trail... Let's get this straight. I am the boss here. What I say goes. When I tell you... Ouch!
14: (laughs) Well, there's lump
12: number one. Junior, loan me your slingshot. Uh, Okay, Miss Revere. The man who did that better own up before I count to three or else. One, two, uh, three.
5: Ah! I won't do it again! Honest, I won't!
12: Anybody else like to swap shots with me? Anybody else got anything to say?
14: Well, I'd just like to ask you kids to be very nice today. Virgil's father has threatened to do something unpleasant if anything goes wrong today. So be careful, won't you?
5: Yes, yes Mr. Mr. Jordan.
14: Jordan. That's good. Goodbye, Maisie.
12: Goodbye, Eddie. Goodbye,
5: Goodbye Mr. Mr. Jordan. Jordan. Ready? Aim? Fire!
12: Oh!
13: Yeah, That's do!
12: Are we all ready? Oh, I was afraid that would happen, Virgil. Now pull up your pants and let's go. All righty, let's stop for a minute, fellas. What do you got there,
15: Virgil? A chestnut bird. I am, I beg your pardon, Miss Revere, but could you tell me what this is? Uh, well, well,
12: it's very interesting. Very interesting. Anybody else find anything? But what is it, Miss Revere? Why, anybody can see what that is? It's a porcupine egg. (laughs) (laughs) It's a chestnut burr. (laughs) Well, of course it is. Did you think I was serious? Frankly, Yes. Uh, From now on, Virgil, I want nothing out of you but breathing, and very little of that. How about a little nature study, Miss Revere? Oh, sure, sure. Go ahead and study it all you want to. No, you're supposed to tell us. Eh, well, um, wouldn't you rather hear about the time I was in a carnival and got my foot caught in the Ferris wheel? No. No!
15: Tell us about this tree you're leaning against.
12: Gee, the comic books have ruined the storytelling business. Well, now, let's see. This tree is made of wood and has, um, leaves at the top and, uh, roots at the bottom and the, uh, other stuff's in between. <laughs> well, so much for trees. Hey, look,
15: there's a bunch of kids over there, and here comes our counselor. Can we go over and see him, Miss Revere? Oh, sure, but come back when I blow the whistle. Okay.
2: Gee, I wonder what he's doing.
15: Well,
12: here comes a healthy-looking character.
11: Hey, hello.
12: Hello. <laughs>
11: Are, uh, you the counselor for, uh, All those boys?
12: No, I'm their mother.
11: Oh, oh, pardon me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. No,
12: no, no. I was just kidding.
11: But it's rarely that we boy counselors meet good-looking girl counselors.
12: Well, thank you.
11: (laughs) You and I could climb trees together. Would you like that?
12: Oh, I don't know. I never had a man ask me to climb a tree with him before. Could we just sit here and talk?
11: Oh, but we're not using any of our muscles. It's no fun to just sit here when we could be romping around in the woods.
12: Well, look, Tarzan, (laughs) No, no,
11: no, my name isn't Tarzan. It's Darwin.
12: Oh, well, that's very appropriate, too. (laughs) My name's Maisie, but I'm Uh not accustomed to go swinging through the trees for fun.
11: Well, what else is there to do? Come on, let's climb a tree. No, let's not. Wouldn't you like to go on a little side trip with me? I can identify all the trees and bushes around here. I even know their Latin names. You are sitting under Quercus, rubra of the subgenus Erythrobalanus. No. Yes, it's an oak tree. Would you mind if, if I sang trees to you very softly?
12: Uh, yes, I would.
11: Well, it's so rarely that I meet a girl like you.
12: Well, let's talk more about the trees. Now, I never call this tree a Quercus.
11: Couldn't I kiss you just once?
12: Well, it's oak, Thank you. Hey! Yippee! I kissed her! I kissed her! Holy smoke. Come on, kids. It's dangerous around here. All righty now, fellas. I'm ready to judge the hunter's stew you've been making. And the winner gets to wear a laurel wreath I made. Here's mine, Miss Revere. Well... This smells very nice. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, that's very good, Junior. But uh, there's just a few too many leaves in it.
15: Well, they blew in while I was cooking it. Well,
12: after this, blow them out. Well, who's next?
15: Well, here's mine, Mrs. Beer. And you
12: better give me the prize or my father will be sore. Besides, I saw that guy kiss you when we stopped a couple of hours ago. Put on your laurel wreath, Virgil. You win. Well, thank you. Now, let's see, fellas. It'll be dark in a few hours. Which way did we come from? We came from that way. No, that way.
13: You're both wrong. It was that direction. No, sir. It
12: was was that that way. I I don't agree with any of you. As far as I can tell, we came here from all directions. But if we take the wrong trail out, we may end up in
15: Canada. And my father won't like that.
13: I can tell which way is north. I found some moss.
12: That's swell. Oh, fine. This is a big help. On this tree, the moss grows all
15: around it. I won't go another step. I know we're going in the wrong direction. Oh, come on, Virgil. No. You go
12: ahead, fellas. I'll prove to Virgil logically that we're going the right way.
5: Okay, let's go.
12: Okay, prove it to me. You bet I will.
5: (laughs) Hey, don't spank me.
12: Now, we both needed that.
15: Gee, it's getting pretty dark. What are we going to do now?
12: Well, how'd you fellas like to have me cheer you up with a nice spooky ghost story? Well, not all shout at once. Hey, what do you know about that? We're right next to a road. Yay! No use boys they won't stop as long as they see all of us oh there's another car coming get behind the bushes and wait for me to give you the signal do you think you can stop the car only if it's driven by a man hide now quick
5: okay, hey, up, get okay, okay,
12: well let's see how the old charm works Maisie. turn it on
11: hey coming my way good looking
12: sure you got plenty of room
11: i sure have beautiful
12: that's fine Come on, boys, pile in the car.
11: Yay!
8: Oh no.
14: Is that you, gorgeous?
12: Who's gorgeous? I'm a wreck. <laughs>
14: Had a wonderful day out in the open air albed,
12: huh? I wipe that big smirk off your face. Oh, Eddie, the things I do so that maybe someday we can get married and have a home somewhere.
14: I would have been to bed long ago, but I didn't want to miss seeing you come in.
12: Oh, that's (laughs) sweet of you, Eddie.
14: I knew it'd be a good laugh. I spoke too soon.
12: (laughs) Oh, I wondered if that was you, Maisie. How'd you make out with Virgil's father? That sounds like the answer right now.
16: Uh, Good night, all.
12: Oh. Hello, Mr. Johnson.
16: Miss Revere.
12: Well... Get it over with, Mr. Johnson. I did everything wrong. I got your son, Virgil, lost. I gave him a laurel wreath of poison ivy for the best hunters stew, and I gave him a spanking. Go ahead. Do your worst to Eddie and me. But not my sweet little boarding house. You spanked him. I sure did, and he needed it. Oh,
16: Miss Revere, Virgil is an only child, and I'm afraid we've spoiled him. That spanking did wonders for him. For the first time in his life, my son has been acting like a human being, like an ordinary boy.
12: Yeah, I think he enjoyed himself too. When I opened my handbag in the subway, a frog jumped out with a tag on him that said, Ha ha, and best wishes from Virgil.
16: A <laughs> <laughs> regular kid now. If you want, I'll take the frog back.
12: Oh no. No, I passed it on to somebody else. Oh! And I think he just found it in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs>
7: just a moment we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Once again, here's Maisie.
12: Well, it took about two days for us to catch that fog. Mrs. Kennedy woke up one morning thinking she had an ice bag on her head. And when she reached up to adjust it, it croaked. (laughs) Mrs. Kennedy nearly did, too. Well, Eddie's job with the construction company is going just fine. And that's not normal for Eddie. He's taken to wearing a dark blue suit and he's becoming a young businessman. It looks like we might be getting married someday now. The only sad thing is, darn it. I think I liked him better when he was a bum. Well, that's life, I guess. Come on, feet, get moving. See if you can find little Maisie a good job for a change.
7: You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. Maisie was written by John L. Green. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Elvia Allman, Pat McGeehan, Johnny McGovern, Sandra Gould, Jeffrey Silver, Hi Averback, and Peter Leeds. John Heaston speaking. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Yesterday Today. We're wrapping up our tribute to the great American pastime of camping out, as we we've, we've all settled around the fire before before we turn in.
3: Well, fellas, I'm fresh out of marshmallows to roast. I think it's time to tell some scary stories.
2: Hey, that's a good idea, Sydney. Nothing like the time-honored tradition of telling campfire stories to keep you awake all night in your tent, jumping at every sound you hear. Uh huh. You got a you got a good one, Sid.
3: You bet! I've got the most suspenseful, nerve-wracking tale you'll ever hear. It's about this janitor who goes to college and meets the most beautiful girl in the world. They fall in love and they even get engaged. It's just a couple of weeks before they're due to get married. But the janitor is terrified. He's terrified that his fiancé is gonna wake up one day and realize that she's totally out of his league and dump his sorry rear end and find a better guy. Every text message he gets, every call that comes across his phone, makes his heart leap into his throat as he knows she could break up with him at any minute. Every waking moment becomes a horror story, as he's terrified of his own inadequacy, ruining his life once and for all. <laughs>
1: Is uh, that story based on uh, true events there,
3: Sydney? Well, the best ones always are. The best ones always are. since you chill down your spine, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, if you want more yesterday
2: today, you can visit kisu.org or wherever you get your mosquito bitten, smoke covered, outdoorsy podcasts. When there's a breeze on
0: Lake Louise, they're on a cool, Canadian in July. We'll drift away. Watching our dreams reflected in moonlight, we'll be alone on Lake
5: Louise,
0: with only stars to share our enchantment. We'll kiss and then we'll do as we please. When there's a breeze on Lake Louise